0: This episode of the Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth, the world's leading bedding, bath, and apparel company. Get up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code SLAYER at CozyEarth.com. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with Mark Odland. As a therapist, artist, educator, and poet, Mark explores the dynamic intersection between healing and creativity. His book, EMDR Inspired Art and Poetry, A Meditation on Hope and Healing for Troubled Times, features a collection of his original artwork and poetry created as a means of processing his own experiences of trauma and healing. The book also includes reflections on the EMDR therapy process and how it can be used in combination with creative expression to promote healing and personal growth. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer, Mark.
1: Well, I'm so happy to be here, Shan. Thank you for having me.
0: Let's begin our conversation with a quick introduction to EMDR and how it differs from other forms of therapy.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And it's a research validated approach for treating PTSD and, and a whole host of other mental health issues. And what makes EMDR different is uh, the the EM in EMDR stands for eye movement. And so it's an approach to therapy where uh, the therapist guides the client through this eight-phase process. And it's a little different than talk therapy in the sense that rather than just kind of talking about the, the trauma and receiving validation or encouragement from the therapist or Even a little different from cognitive behavioral therapy with EMDR, it involves pulling up the memory and then the therapist kind of shining the spotlight on the memory. And then, as the person is holding the memory in their mind with the image and the emotions and uh, maybe the negative belief that's attached to that memory, then the therapist literally scoots up their chair and uh, moves their arm back and forth fairly fast and that the client is asked to move their eyes and track with the with the moving target with the therapist's hand they do that for about 30 seconds or so um, and that's one set and during that time the client is simply free associating they're uh, allowing their mind to drift wherever it naturally goes and f- for whatever reason it taps into the brain's ability to naturally heal itself and so what seems to happen is it takes these memories that are kind of stuck in time, kind of frozen in the past, mm-hmm. and it pulls them into the present, and they're and then they're desensitized. There's something about pulling it into the working memory that desensitizes the memory and opens up the brain to be more receptive to, to truthful, adaptive healing information. And so after a set is done, the therapist will have the client take a deep breath and ask them what they're noticing. And although sometimes it gets more intense initially, and they, they they're starting to re-experience a little bit of uh, the original pain from that traumatic memory, what happens is because they're in this in the kind of the safety of that room, in a trusting relationship with their therapist, and they're forced to do this task that forces them into the present, it kind of keeps them grounded. Mm-hmm. And it it helps the brain to kind of update the information to know that they're in the present that the stuff is in the past. What happens is as time goes on with more and more sets of EMDR, the intensity starts to fade, new helpful information starts to kind of lock in. And when it's all done, you check back on the original memory. And when you ask the client what they're noticing now, a memory that might've been like seven or eight out of 10 on how distressing it was now feels a lot calmer. And the truth about who they really are, uh, whether that truth being I'm safe now, or it wasn't my fault, you know, whatever that positive truth is, it's almost Mm -hmm. like the truth is getting from the head to the heart. And it's finally sinking into those wounded places in a deeper way. And I tell clients, that's actually how we know that EMDR works is we, we really test it that way. And we know that a memory is healed when you can think about the worst part of it and feel completely calm in your body and be able to tell yourself the truth about yourself in that memory and actually have it feel completely true at a gut level. Mm. And they should be able to test that a week, a month, or a year later. And it should, it should stick that, that healing should be um, lasting. And we just work chronologically from the earliest memories through the past, then into the present triggers, and then into that desired future that they, they hope that they can have feeling strong and confident and knowing the truth about themselves and so that's i guess in a nutshell what emdr therapy is it it totally transformed my practice Uh, i use it with most of my clients i've also received it for myself because I, i just believe in it so much
0: oh it's such a helpful and supportive and healing service how did you first become interested in emdr therapy art and poetry
1: yeah. Well, I uh I didn't know that I was gonna be in mental health <laughs> back in college. I actually was a uh, an art and a religion double major. Okay. Yep. So I was an artist focused on printmaking and drawing and painting and just I've always loved art. I've always uh had kind of a side passion for writing and poetry and the two kind of always kind of went hand in hand for me, that creative expression. And it was always very therapeutic for me whenever big things in my life happened. I would sit down and create a piece of art or I'd write a poem, and it seemed to somehow distill my experience. and then in in some ways, although it was for me, my hope would always be that someone else would connect with it too. and then they would it would be moving for them in some way. So that was kind of my introduction to the art. And then when I went to grad school to become a licensed marriage and family therapist, my creative mind is always kind of scanning for ways to, pull my other passions for art and writing into the therapy process.
0: How have you seen creative expression, like your poetry and art, complement EMDR in, in the healing process?
1: It's interesting because as a therapist and as an EMDR uh, consultant and, and someone who creates courses for other EMDR therapists, I actually got a, a course approved with the EMDR International Association that explicitly pulls in uh, the use of artwork as a way for the client to process instead of just using uh, the eye movements. Mm-hmm. So instead of, instead of actually looking at the therapist's hand moving back and forth rapidly, they'll hold a beautiful piece of artwork in their hands and have the client's eyes move back and forth across the page in kind of a intuitive, organic way. And with EMDR, I should say that it's not just eye movements, it's any bilateral stimulation. So a lot of therapists use these buzzers that the clients hold in their hands, and it buzzes left to right, left to right, back and forth. So you can pull creativity into the EMDR sessions themselves, which can be powerful. For me, uh, part of what kind of inspired the book was just kind of my own My own journey of healing, being an EMDR therapist, doing tons of trauma work with clients, I was starting to feel myself getting burned out. And and so, just as some people find journaling really powerful as a way to process through emotions and and thoughts, I think creating the art and the poetry for this book was a way for me to process through some of the things that I'd gone through personally. But also, I think, if I'm honest, that the vicarious trauma that I started to absorb from the work I did, did with clients and so yeah i think i think that creativity can be really really helpful for all of us i mean even simple things like a while back i i published some uh some books titled the emdr coloring books and they're they're, they're super simple they're not fancy but they're they're basically just positive affirmations paired with images for people to color and back to that idea that meditating on things that are true and things that are positive and pairing it with some kind of creative expression or or movement, it seems to be really grounding. And so, whether it's EMDR therapy or talking about something hard with a friend while you go for a walk, or journaling or doing art, I think pairing an outside uh, an outside expression, creating uh, pairing it with movement, uh, pairing it with creativity, anything that's grounding, I think is so important. work through trauma because if we're just kind of sitting alone in a corner with our heads spinning it can be easy to get kind of go down that rabbit hole and get lost in the negative thoughts and emotions right i think creativity can kind of pull us out of that
0: absolutely Uh, i love that Uh, i know that journaling has been uh, such a big part of many of our listeners daily practice Mm -hmm. uh, and, and many are artists as well and I love to paint and I love to write as well. And I find that there's something so grounding and healing about it. Like you said, it just gives you a moment to explore and express and be somewhere other than trapped in thoughts (laughs) uh, that most of the time are not even true and not even your own voice. Right. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I think, um, You know, the other part that I'm reminded of, Shan, when you you say that too, is um, one of the things I like best as an EMDR therapist is something they call the cognitive interweave. And I love that term interweave because Mm -hmm. it's this idea that because the brain is wired to heal itself, if the roadblocks are removed, a lot of times EMDR just moves along pretty well without the therapist intervening a lot. But sometimes things get stuck, processing gets stuck, and then the therapist has this opportunity to use a little creativity by posing a a thought-provoking question, um, by reminding the client of something that's important, and it just kind of nudges them a little closer to that truth that they're not latching onto. And then when the, the next set happens of eye movements or of bilateral stimulation, then then it's like the, their brain can kind of latch onto that truth and then run with it. And then it sinks in deeper and, and they, you see that calm kind of come over their body.
0: This episode of Anxiety Slayer is sponsored by Cozy Earth, the world's leading bedding, bath, and apparel company. Named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018, Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature-regulating and incredibly soft, and I'm here for it. I've been trying Cozy Earth bamboo sheets for the last couple of weeks, and they quickly have become my favorite sheets of all time. They are so soft. Cozy Earth's bedding collection offers a variety of luxury pillows, sheets, blankets, and more. Luxury bedding essentials, and they're all backed with a lengthy warranty. Get ahead of your spring cleaning with fresh new bed linens from Cozy Earth made from luxurious high quality fabrics you won't find anywhere else on the market. And Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for all of our listeners today where you can get up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code SLAYER at CozyEarth.com. That's CozyEarth.com. Anxiety Slayer is also in partnership with Pure Spectrum CBD. And we've been testing their products for a few months before bringing them to you. And I must say that I think the CBD oil, the drops that I take at night have been really helpful for sleeping. And I've also found that their bath salts with CBD are really lovely. I love my evening baths and to have a little bit of this salt with the CBD is really nice. How about you, Ananga? Yeah, I've been trying the pain relief salve, the relaxing lavender salve, which smells really beautiful. And it's been helping me very much with muscle pains that I get in my legs and shoulders. Really grateful to try that. I'm using it every day, twice a day, and very happy with it. And I've also tried the bath salts. They were lovely. Very relaxing. Mm, Yeah, so nice. Pure Spectrum is committed to cultivating and crafting the highest quality hemp-derived products. This commitment means no shortcuts when it comes to their farming, processing, formulating, and testing. The Pure Spectrum Family Farms implement sustainable growing practices, superior genetics, and ethical processing to produce a product that we can stand behind. Anxiety Slayer listeners can get Pure Spectrum CBD products for 15% off with the coupon code SLAYER at purespectrumcbd.com. What advice would you give to someone who is interested in using creative expression as a means of processing trauma or emotional distress,
1: that that's a great question. I think the first thing that comes to mind is, I remember studying this in art class that we were one of our textbooks was was titled, "Art and Fear." And it was an interesting book because a lot of people, for whatever reason, sometimes this goes back to their own trauma, they don't see themselves as artists. They, they maybe feel like, I'm not talented. I don't know how to do that. Or maybe they had someone tell them that they weren't good at art or they weren't good at writing. Or they weren't good at singing. And so I would just encourage people to try to set that aside and, and let go of uh, that kind of all or nothing thinking or that kind of per- perfectionist tendency. And to just know that it's not about perfection. It's about process. It's about embracing our imperfection and just kind of moving through something. And learning something about ourselves, and and knowing knowing that uh, like anything, um, it can be, we can become more confident with time. And so I I would just say that if someone, for example, had had a hard day, or they've got a lot of thoughts spinning in their mind, a lot of anxious thoughts, or a lot of negative thinking, to be able to sit down and uh, take out the the markers or the crayons or the watercolors, or I'll take out their journal. And to be able to just, without having it to have, without having it to, to be just right, that they just go for it. They just, they just start to paint, just start to write, and um, to try to be in the moment. And so, I think that would be my biggest encouragement: is to uh, let go of ideas about whether or not someone's qualified to be creative, and to think about it more as we're we're wired to be creative. We're uh, it's part of being human. And uh,
0: mm-hmm. no one,
1: and no one's judging us. Those 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 voices are coming from somewhere else.
0: Oh, that's true. I think about how many times I've heard somebody say, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm not an artist, or I'm not creative, or how can you yeah. be so creative?" Or just coming from that place of really believing that they're not, and then watching. I was part of a, a painting class, and watching mm-hmm. so many in that class really judge themselves harshly in the beginning. And then we had such a a wonderful teacher just kind of help us drop those barriers and just dig in. And that was one of the things I loved about it the most is I tend to really want things to be as close to perfect as possible. Yep. I often joke about being a re- recovering perfectionist. Uh-huh. but but in the painting process, Mark, yeah i would just play oh yeah and realize that oh my gosh you know this is perfect just the way that it is like i don't and i can i can change it i can add more paint i can start a new canvas but i can just play
1: yes oh that that that's so right i i think a lot when you say that shan it makes me it reminds me of my my wife rachel who was a uh, a teacher for many years, and now she's a, a certified wellness coach, and she incorporates some creativity with her clients too. And she reminded me of this study she came across on motivation, where with a bunch of elementary kids are doing artwork, and if someone goes around and says, "Oh, that's really good," or "That's oh, you could work on this," even a good a judgment of it's good, mm-hmm. end up being demotivating over time for these sure. kids who are just kind of doing it for the pure love of that creative expression and just like you said, just having, having fun with it and uh, kind of permission to let go a little bit.
0: Yeah. It's such a gift to just whatever, whatever the medium is that you choose, whether it be writing or whether it be, you know, I love poetry and so I have great respect for you as a poet and I have poetry books all around. And sometimes I play with that as well. And there's something about the creative process that just really negates that part of me that wants to judge. Mm. I can't tell you that I really understand that, but I'm here for it. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so. Well, I hear that. I, I love that, Shan. I, uh, it makes me curious about, I went to an EMDR training once, and they talked about these uh, these emotions that tend to be hardwired into us from birth and that all these kind of emotions that we come into the world with are either designed to connect us or, or protect us. So like the idea of these connecting emotions are like joy and excitement and and curiosity and playfulness. They kind of move us towards something. And those, uh, emotions like fear and anxiety, and, uh, they kind of help us retreat or get safe. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think about that, maybe there's, I wonder out loud with you if if there's something about that creativity and that curiosity that kind of moves us forward in a way that um, maybe somehow allows us to feel safer because maybe uh, there's, the stage must be set well enough where you kind of have to have the luxury of being safe enough to be able to do something creative, to be, to be playful a little bit. That's a great, that's a great question to explore. For sure.
0: Well, yeah. And the thing is is get yourself prepared, whatever whatever it is you choose to do, carve out some time. Yeah. And without any expectations. Right. And then come back to it. And I love just stream of consciousness journaling. That has been really helpful, a a good way to to start the day. And I used to be more protective about that and be like, Mm. kind of I don't know how to really explain that other than And what if somebody were to read this? And now I'm like, I don't care. You want to read this? Good luck understanding what is going on in this mind. Because because uh, I'm just putting it all on the page. And there's something so cathartic about putting it on the page, crafting the poem or playing with paint or whatever it is that you like to create. uh, It allows you to really transport yourself to a, a different place where I think it's a better representation of of who you really are versus all Mm. of the pain and all of the constriction and all of the anxiety that you might be wrestling with.
1: Yeah, that's 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 wonderfully put. I think I think you're so right. And I I think there is something about there is something about that creativity that connects us to deeper things. whether someone would call it spiritual or not, that idea Mm -hmm. that metaphor and symbol, uh, sometimes they convey truth in a much more deep and heartfelt way than maybe simple words or or descriptions could do for us. And so I think there is something to that.
0: Would you be open to sharing a poem about using art and poetry as a part of a larger healing process from your book, from EMDR-inspired art and poetry.
1: Yes. Well, I'll give an example. Uh, one of the poems I wrote was titled "Burnout," and it's uh, it, it's a kind of a snapshot into time about how I was feeling as a therapist, being really burned out. And through the poem, I really try to find metaphors, and for me. Part of how I operate with poems, writing poems, is I think about, I connect with my feeling, I connect with the, the deep emotion that I'm I'm trying to convey, and the, and then I try to imagine if there were some kind of image or metaphor that could somehow somewhat capture that feeling. Then I'm going to try to put that on a page and, and mm-hmm. see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so this one is titled Burnout. My eye bags are smoldering, cushioning sunken shadows where sleep and rest should be. The fire of compassion dying, embers of empathy occasionally flicker. Too many thoughts, too many times two hearts were shredded. Finish the progress note, answer emails. Invisible blood pools beneath my feet.
0: Talk about capturing uh, everything you were experiencing in that moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's interesting to reflect back on that because I've, even though my experience is unique, I have had a lot of other therapists who have who've read those kinds of poems say, "Oh my gosh, that like." that really connected with me, something that I'm going through. I think kind of in the wake of COVID and politics and and, and all these difficult things that people are experiencing um, just in their daily lives, I think a lot of people can connect with those feelings of being overwhelmed or stressed or burned out. And if nothing else, to, for people to know that they're not alone with that, and but there is hope and people can work through that and they don't have to work through that alone either.
0: Yeah, you you had a quote. I don't know where I found it if it was in the book or mm-hmm. on your website that that we are living in a world in which we all feel pain, all mm-hmm. need healing and all long to be loved and I thought that was just so poignant.
1: Oh, well well thank you. I I think so. I think There's so much good to be um, gained from um, doing the the deep work of of trying to understand other perspectives. People come from different places than us. And so I think that's valuable work. And I think at the very same time, looking for those common threads that go cross-culturally that uh, just kind of unite us as human beings. I think that's so important as well.
0: Yeah, if we could just learn to be kind to one another and Mm -hmm. practice dropping the the judgment which i know is is a big ask depending on how you've been raised and yeah what you've learned and your experiences but even to just continually focus on it might not be judgment but that's just for the sake of an example to kind of catch yourself Every time a judgment comes up, good, bad, right, wrong, black, white, whatever it is, you know, to just be like, wow, that is interesting. Interesting point of view. I have that point of view is something Mm -hmm. that I learned doing Mm. work with access consciousness to kind of bust myself when I'm (laughs) judging. And what I've noticed for most of our listeners and myself included is we judge ourselves the harshest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right. I th- And I think back to, it kind of brings me back full circle to our, what we were talking about with, with curiosity. I think that's helped me so much as a therapist because um, mm-hmm. we all have our own biases. And But if I can really put myself in a mode of being curious, then if, whether it's on the street or with family or friends or a client, if someone says something that kind of triggers me a little bit, rubs me the, long, the wrong way, um, maybe it's a different worldview than, than I have. If I can take that deep breath and then I can get curious and ask myself, "Wow, I wonder what life experiences they've had that have led them to this point, where mm-hmm. this, this makes sense for them. And to uh, even be able to ask that of people, it, 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 I think it uh, makes it easier uh, for empathy. I just ask myself that question too. if i were if I were born into the same house with the same DNA and the same set of life experiences, what would make me think that I would see things different than they, than they would. Right. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think so a lot of it comes down to compassion and and grace and, uh, and forgiveness realizing, like you said, with the quote, we're all, we're all hurting. We're all wounded. We all need love. And we can play a role in that.
0: We sure can. And there is a pathway from guilt and shame To grace. There Mm -hmm. is.
1: Yes, there is.
0: I'd love it if you would share one more poem.
1: I'd love to. All right. This poem, uh, this poem is titled Knowing. And it's a kind of a very uh, uh, taps into some primal things, I think, for uh, for humans, because it kind of takes on this talking about metaphors. It takes on this metaphor of the therapist be like the therapist being like uh, a bird of prey and that seems like a kind of a violent metaphor but it actually in in a way for me it taps into that curiosity that the trauma and the the insecurities and the negative beliefs that my clients hold is separate from who they are as a person that they aren't their trauma that they aren't their insecurities that there's so much more than that Mm -hmm. and so together the therapist and the client with curiosity become the hunter. And we become we become like this hunter who's hunting for the trauma and hunting for the lies so that they can be captured and put in their place and, and so that we can more clearly see ourselves for who we are. And so, yeah, this poem is titled Knowing. I watch silently as trauma scurries below unaware that it is prey, blood on new fallen snow. I glide silently as moonlight crispens above. Unaware of my talons grasp. I destroy my prey with love.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is so beautiful. Oh, well, thank Thank you. you. And what a great the imagery I live in a place where I see eagles all the time. Mm. Very feel very lucky that that's the case. And so I was just picture, I could just watch it in my, in my mind. And I'm not usually even visual, <laughs> but be, because I have that experience often, I could go to that space and be like, oh, yeah, that's so true. You have that, mm-hmm. that eagle eye view of something that you can absolutely destroy with love. Mm. Wow. I think what I'd like to do to close today is uh, have you go wherever you'd like to go if you want to share a personal story uh, of how poetry and EMDR therapy have helped you or one of your clients, something where you had a profound moment of overcoming a difficult, uh, excuse me, a difficult challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be an awesome way to close our conversation.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Well, I think what I would share is that I think one of the things I've learned through my own process of kind of burnout and healing is that, uh, choosing that hard path of vulnerability. Yeah. It's not, it's not always easy, uh, especially I think for men. And so that's something that I've chosen to do over the last couple of years, um, imperfectly, of course. Yeah. But, uh, I ended up taking a kind of a short sabbatical, well, not even short, but I took a sabbatical from uh, therapy and just focused on running our clinic. But during that time, I kind of knew that this was kind of a critical time in my life. You know, I've got a wife and four kids, and I wanted to make sure that um, that I was intentional about my healing process. And I didn't, um, I didn't avoid the things that are hard. I didn't avoid those hard emotions it was kind of this culmination of feeling burned out from therapy, COVID hitting, and then my dad nearing the end of his life. And it all kind of came at the same time. And so I'm just very grateful. I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to my family. And I'm grateful to the support that I had. And so for me, it looked like connecting with my own therapist. It looked like going on a retreat with my wife for those who are experiencing burnout. It looked like writing this book and choosing to be a little more honest with people when they ask how I'm doing, to not be totally fake, and yeah. Be yeah, able to, you know, it's most people kind of want you to say, "Oh, I'm good," so that they can move on to the next thing. And but with certain people that I really trusted, to choose to open up more fully, yeah, and take that path. And uh, so I think those those steps of vulnerability are so important. And it's interesting how our own trauma can actually give birth, giving, giving birth to new things, new life, um, new possibilities. And, uh, one of the things that was inspired out of that experience for me is now I kind of have this unique, uh, desire to help other, other, other people, especially other men who are business owners and, and in helping professions who are feeling burned out and maybe, the toll has been taken on them. And now they really need to kind of reclaim their hearts and reclaim their relationships and find a way to, to get back to what matters. They might look successful on the outside, but internally they just really need support. And so that's kind of a new passion for me um, with my counseling practice that I I feel really excited about.
0: And in my opinion, sorely needed men have been raised for years and years to believe that they're supposed to suck it up and yeah. not feel their feelings and boys don't cry and you know, all that kind of stuff that I really, really think that your service is sorely needed. And I'm grateful that, that you offer it because mm. men deserve to dig in and, let, and do the healing and let some of the stuff go because you're, you're not all responsible for everything. You don't have to carry everything.
1: Well, that's that's so right and, and and as cliche as it sounds i mean it, it really it truly is an act of strength and courage to face the deep things
0: sure and to I be vulnerable so, yeah oh,
1: exactly i mean i know so many men who can endure 80 hour work weeks and endure physical pain and little sleep and they can be very very tough in a very particular kind of way and it takes a process for them to open up to say do you trust me enough to guide you through this kind of emotional surgery of the yeah. but to really get to the heart of, of what's going on and to know that there can be so, so much good and so much uh, peace and hope on the other side, if you're willing to, to face that. And, and uh, it, it's so worth it.
0: And so worth it for men and women alike. That's for sure. Oh,
1: ex- just back to be, being human. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. We all, right. We all, we all need it.
0: Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your poetry and more about your practice and your own experience. I really appreciate your time and learned a lot and really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Well, I I enjoyed it as well, Shan. I'm so uh, grateful to talk with you today and thank you for the amazing work you're doing.
0: That was Mark Odlin. You can get a copy of EMDR Inspired Art and Poetry and learn more about Mark's services at bilateralinnovations.com.